All right, Patty Handy, we are live once again. Today we are talking on surviving divorce, organizing your finances, and maybe even how to choose a financial planner because if you get divorced or you're single, you need to get your affairs in order. Isn't that right, Patty? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That music is we off. We should have our affairs <laughs> in order always. <laughs> yeah. Music so is where off. should we okay. start on organizing finances? Should we set up a scenario maybe? Well, um, I always say, sure, if you want to, whatever, whatever you feel like doing, Tim, I am just, I'm, I'm game. Do you want to talk about a sink, someone who's just newly single, doesn't have to be divorced, just, um, or, you know, don't have to be even newly single. Just, I know you focus on single, divorced and widowed women. We could kind of use that, but I guess this information would apply to anyone. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, this does apply to everybody, and it just becomes really super important um, when you're going through a divorce or if you've lost a spouse. Um, and it's sort of a reminder that you should be doing this before any of these things happens, just so that the process of a divorce or if you've lost a spouse isn't as, um, as, as I mean, it's, it's already a very trying, emotional, traumatic experience. You're dealing with grief. You're dealing with sadness. The last thing you want to be doing is trying to find paperwork and trying to uncover statements and all that stuff. So um, I, I really, you know, suggest that people look at this, you know, today, now, whether you're single by choice, happily married, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, but yes, have everything organized. And it sounds like, well, duh, yeah, of course you should have everything organized, but do we do it? You know, is that actually happening? And so what I'm going to just say is just a simple accordion file. Um, I like a paper file myself. If you're one that likes digital files, you can certainly have everything scanned and keep it on a separate file on your computer. Um, just make sure that everybody in your family that you have is either a beneficiary or you have a dedicated person that understands, you know, your estate, they know how to get to it. They know how to get into your computer. They need the, the password um, and where to find that on your computer so they can easily download that and have access to it. But essentially you want to take everything um, with regards to your, to your world, you know, from all of your assets. So that includes all the 401ks from your various companies, retirement funds, your regular brokerage accounts, any, any debts, any credit cards, any insurance statements, um, bank statements, of course. Um, so any assets, any liabilities, your, your mortgage, uh, statement, understand your home insurance, all those, all those documents that if you were suddenly gone, how would they keep the house running? without things going chaotic. So everything that that looks like, um, again, I like the paper file. So, you know, get an accordion file and have that in, in one location and then put that into a, a little mini strong box in your house or put, keep that somewhere safe mm -hmm. um, and then update that quarterly as needed um, that, you know, that you have to. But um, yeah, so important to have that organized. And, and it really is to simplify for the next person if you, you know, were to pass and if you were to end up going through a divorce or if you're, you know, soon, soon to be divorced or, you know, just post-divorce, you, you have everything organized so that you're not trying to run around and like crazy. And again, trying to find where everything is, you, you know, where everything is now, you know, in a divorce, in a divorce, you are typically having to disclose all that paperwork. So all that should be at your fingertips anyways. Right. Um, so you should have all that very, very current, but just keep it somewhere um, so that you don't have to run around and, so if everything is status quo, just start gathering your stuff, maybe make a, a day of it or a couple hours, put it aside to get everything together, just get all the most recent statements and sound like, you know, also let someone know where it's at, where to find it, 
uh, make it available, know how to get into your computer. But if you are going through a divorce, then I would, you know, like you said, everything's being disclosed. Maybe take that opportunity knowing, you know, moving forward six months, a year down the road, you're going to want to have that stuff instead of having to dig for it again. Just maybe keep keep copies, all that start your accordion file then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think do whatever, you know, works for you. Again, if it's digital, if it's if it's physical, um, but have something that um, like, you know, we just explained that can be easily found by a person, a beneficiary, whoever you have, your trusted, you know, estate person um, or yourself if things are a mess. So, yeah. And, and it's things that you might not even necessarily think about, like even the HOA statement and the, your, your home insurance statement. I know I mentioned that, um, you know, anything that is, uh, you know, again, credit cards, you know, if you have a car payment, if you have school loans, um, anything that needs to be kept up if something were to happen um, so that that person can, can either continue making those payments. So things don't go, you know, you know, back to the dark side for you. Yeah. Um, and then that way, you know, things can be, you know, kept up and you should have a person dedicated to that, you know, a, a POA of, of sorts in your family that can have access to your banking and have access to your passwords and stuff. So they can make those payments if needed. Yeah. You brought up a, a bunch of other things I didn't consider when you were talking about, um, your finances, you know, I thought, you know, mortgage, of course, and, and 401ks and pensions and bank accounts, but I didn't think about the, some of the other things you brought up, HOA statements and, you know, all these other, you know, life insurance policies, I'm sure falls within oh, yeah. there as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. All, all kinds of insurance, whether it's home insurance, car insurance, umbrella, um, all, all that, even your, if you have social security statements, have that in mm. there too. So you can uh, have somebody track that for you. Um, but again, it's really for simplicity's sake and just to know everything's in one place. It's really challenging when things are all over the place. You just want to go to one location and have everything at your fingertips. That's really what you want at yeah, the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. It makes you think too. Um, I, mean, I should say it's making me think now. Like I, my wife likes doing her own 401k and it's through her company and all that. And I, I would have no idea how to access that or even where to mm. find that or the passwords if she weren't available. Yeah, important to know that. So whether it's the password to the website, if it's the password to get onto even the computer, you know, if the computer's locked, you need yeah. to know how to get onto the computer, mm. um, all the banking, you know, information. Um, I will share, I, I want to say we discussed this in a prior uh, episode, but I'll share it for those that might have missed it. And in case we didn't share it, there is a, a program called Everplans. Did I mention that before? That doesn't sound familiar. What's it called? Okay. So it's called Everplans. Um, and it is a, uh, digital, um, I call it a digital safe, 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 safe deposit box in the cloud. Um, I'm not an affiliate, so I don't make any money by referring to it, but the, it, it's a really a very cool product. It basically allows you to upload all of these things we just discussed and more into your, your ever plan. And then you assign a deputy, they call it. And that deputy has access to that account when you tell them they have access to it. So they can have access to it today while you're alive and well, or they can have access to it only when you pass, or if you were to be incapacitated or something would happen, that that, that deputy would be able to go into your Everplans. And in your Everplans, you can put all of your passwords for everything. You can put all of your copies of your statements and you have to update that quarterly or semi-annually or whenever you want to. Um, and, and everything that I just mentioned, um, you can upload into this Everplans. So that deputy has one place to go 
and you just tell them ahead of time. If something happens to me, go to Everplans. You're the deputy. You don't get to go in there until, you know, I'm gone or you get it if I'm, you know, in a coma or whatever the case is. Um, but that allows that person to jump in there and see everything. And it's kind of cool because if you are, um, if you if you want to leave, you know, family recipes, if you want to leave uh, love letters to your grandchildren who aren't even born yet, if you want to leave, you know, whatever it is personal, you can upload everything into this Everplans and it's just a great place for all this stuff to be stored um, and it's digital. So it's all safe. You know, if there's a fire or anything like that, it's, it's kind of cool. I think it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. It doesn't look like they outrightly show their pricing, which always concerns me. But when I just Googled Aeroplan's pricing, it looks like other review sites we're talking about. It looks like you're like $75 a year. Yeah. So. It's really, it's really, yeah, really super. I was going to say it's 75 a year. That's what it was last time. I, right. I, yeah, it does. Um, they used to have a video on the homepage that would kind of walk you through it. And when I was on there sort of recently, I didn't see that video. So they might've updated the, the website and changed some things around. Um, but it's, 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 it's a very cool product. I actually have it myself and everything is in there. Um, and I have my deputies assigned and, you know, all that's there. Um, like you can put your living trust and your, you know, your entire estate plan is in there. So anything legal and financial and run your house, it's just all in one spot, which is just so, it brings you peace of mind. You just know that you're organized and just having that organization in your life creates a calm and takes away that sense of chaos and that sense of, oh my gosh, things are just a mess. Um, it just, it brings you that sort of like, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm all organized now and my family's taken care of and things are good. And if you have a health directive, that's obviously important because if you cannot speak for yourself, you want to have that health directive handy for that person who yeah. needs, to, needs to access it. So that's, that's a, a great resource. Um, you know, with all the uh, passwords being stolen and uh, hacks to computers and, you know, we, I've been looking at getting one of these um, apps, you know, online apps where you put all your, passwords it's uh mm -hmm. it's supposed to be secure so, you know number one you can remember what they are but number two so they could be secure you're not writing on a piece of paper i wonder could do you think in you using this you could create a a word doc that you could save within Everplans, and it could be used to access just for passwords you can upload whatever you want in there so if you hmm. want to label something passwords and put all your passwords on a word doc you absolutely can hmm. yeah because so some of those password programs are can be quite expensive, like fifteen or twenty dollars a month. So this can mm -hmm. kind of duplicate mm -hmm. that. So it's interesting. The first thing that comes up, I, so I I created an account and logged in because I wanted to see what it was about. Um, the first thing, because my first thought was, okay, what about security? Because I'm assuming we're putting in statements, four hundred one k, like like your whole life of finance, right? Yeah. Right for um, um to be your, your life taken over. But so, so the first thing that pops up once you sign in is it says Everplans is serious about security. We engineered Everplans with the guiding principle of keeping your personal information private, secure, and protected against any type of attacker. All information in your Everplan is encrypted using the most blah, blah, blah. So they went right into, you know, we are governed and audited under the same security and privacy HIPAA and blah, blah, blah. So uh, used by major financial institutions. I wonder if they come up as ever being hacked because even some of these password um, protection companies have been hacked. Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, and, and, you know, my my comment, comment is just do your due diligence. Um, yeah. Everything you just read, they 
you know, they have this, you know, very intense security and it's very well protected. However, I mean, we, like you said, we've seen things hacked that like, wow, how'd that happen? So um, can they ever be hacked? I guess there's the possibility. Yeah. What's the chances of it? I don't know. You know, um, that's probably a conversation that they should have, you know, if the, the listeners want to have with them, I have to yeah. imagine they've got some support there and have a conversation about what exactly that looks like in terms of, um, you know, security, but um, a valid concern, you know, yeah. things, are, things are hacked all the time and it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. They do have um, a lot of security. They have a two-step factors, mandatory setup. Yeah, this is, I like it. This is, this is something I'm definitely going to use for $75 a year or whatever it ends yeah. up being. Yes. To have everything in there, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. Great resource, it's actually, Patty. It's, um, yeah, I'm glad that worked for you. I, I think that, um, well, I remember when I was doing it, it's very it's very time-consuming at the beginning because you're uploading everything. You're uploading all your documents and your, you know, it's just that initial setup phase is hard. Yeah. But to maintain it is super easy. And then if you think of something later, you can just add in, you add it to it. I think I want to say it might even allow you to upload pictures and videos. So if uh -huh. you, and I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I want to say I saw that somewhere. Um, but if you want to record like a video to your family after gone, you know, or, or, or pictures, your family pictures that you want to make sure are safe from fire and you don't want to store them in your house or, or whatever. Um, but it's a great, you know, again, place to have all that, all that stuff stored and and uh it's just like i said it's one location oh this is very cool and, you know you said it's difficult but is it's it very user-friendly it's What's very that? it's very user-friendly yeah I, it, it's it's difficult you think it's difficult to gather all this stuff and time consuming to do this stuff now try and do it yeah you know <laughs> when there's a death or yeah um yeah this looks this looks very interesting yeah, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy that, Tim. I think it's gonna be great, and I think whoever's listening will really enjoy it. And my my comment to those you know who are interested, I would just say again, jump on there, do your Check due diligence, call yeah. them, ask your questions. Um, but you know, just the fact that it's so simple and and it is, it's very like I said, it's very user friendly, it's very intuitive. Uh, it just it has all the, the the links. It'll prompt you to do different things, and it prompts you to upload things that you didn't even think of. It's like, oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah, like, like the name of your 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 accountant and the name of your attorney and the name of, you know, your doctor and all these things that you don't even think about. It's like, oh yeah, they should know all these things because the CPA will know your history on your tax returns and yeah. the doctor will know. So all of that is up there. So again, it's kind of one stop shopping for for those. I like it. Left. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, good. I'm so glad. Everplans.com. Yeah. Would have even Ever known plans. to look for that. Yeah. Everplans.com. I have referred that to so many people and. I should become an affiliate, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about getting everything organized, everplans.com. That seems like a good resource if you're into the, you know, doing it online, a secure setting. Patty used an accordion file. I'm sure you probably leave by your front door. Keep it nice and secure there. Well, I do have an accordion file, but I also have Everplans. So my oh. Everplans has like everything. I mean, like everything, like my estate plan and my you know, all my statements and the names of like, the oh. passwords and the names of, you know, these important people. Um, but I also have an accordion file to have at home just so I could, you know, I have it that's quick and quick and dirty, so to speak. Like your go bag. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Mary Poppins is my big bag. Um, no umbrella though. Um, but I think that, um, you know, to relate it to divorce, um, again, as you're going through divorce, you've got to have all this stuff together anyways and have that all disclosed. But as you organize all this and keep it organized and you keep it maintained, it's just going to help you navigate this challenging time because, you know, when I went through my divorce, you know, my cobwebs in the brain, I mean, they were just, I, I was in a fog for months and I just wasn't thinking straight. So sometimes when you can't think straight and you just are sort of trying to dysfunction in life, a lot of this stuff is really hard to figure out. And if you have it sort of simplified and organized and you don't have to do any hunting and pecking, you just, you know, it's there. It just takes away that stress. Yeah. What other tips do you have for getting organized? And that's, that's really it. I would imagine getting everything out and that, it's going to take some time. You know, I said, set a few hours aside, but I think that's going to be more like a weekend. It does take time. And, and uh, I couldn't tell you how much, how long it took me. I think I'm like, I would do an hour um, at a time and it probably time. took a few weeks, but it wasn't like every day. Um, what would happen though is like, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. I need to upload that too. You know, and then I go back and I upload it. So things will come up, but at least you have the foundation laid. Um, you decide who your deputies are and you tell those people you are a deputy. Ever plans is where you want to go. So you want to let them know, you know, where to go. Um, and there will be some identification, you know, checks for you to mm -hmm. find your way through. Um, and uh, then they would have access to, to that. So very good. Um, yeah, keep it keep it simple, but also have fun with it because, like I mentioned, you can upload things like anything you want to give to your kids or grandkids or whoever. You know, if you have charities and um, you've got certain things, like if you've got a certain you know item that you want to give to a charity, you can have all that disclosed, and that's part of your estate planning, really. Yeah. Um, but but all, all that is is talked about in the um, you know you can put the, all that in the ever plans. Very cool resource, Patty. Um, yeah, how you like it? What's next? So we talked about getting organized, having it all available. Should something come up? Should you need it so people can find it? What What's the next recommendation? Yeah, I think that um, I guess depending upon where you are in terms of your divorce, and I'll kind of just speak to the divorce case at this point. Um, you know, if you're newly divorced and you're just now kind of alone and starting over and you're trying to figure all this stuff out. Um, and again, a lot of this is going to be already known because of documentation that you've had to put together for the divorce. Um, but get a really good handle on your assets, and liabilities and your and your cash flow. I know we talked about that a little bit yeah. in, in the past. Um, but again, that just kind of brings a sense of clarity and that brings a sense of calm when you have you understand where you're starting from. Um so for those that missed the prior, whatever number it was on, um, you know, just get a good handle on, on where you are today financially. So there's no um, unknowns and trying to figure life out. And I know I mentioned this before as well. And, and that is don't, don't make any big financial decisions while you're still in this fog, you know, wait till you can kind of think straight and you've um, come out of the, the darkness, if you will. And, and then you can start to look at like your financial issues and stuff. And, and that's where we can parlay into our, our next conversation. I know we talked about like choosing a financial advisor and what, what that looks like. Yeah. So we can so we jump into that. So we've organized, we got everything organized, whether it's through a, from a divorce or just, you just decide one day we should probably get it organized, create a financial plan. You know, we've talked about that in detail in some other episodes mm -hmm. and then considerations on 
financial planners, wealth managers, wealth advisors. Mm -hmm. They go by different names. Um, where would someone start in? I know with your service and coaching, you have a host of folks that you would refer to, you know, dependent upon maybe their, their needs or criteria. But where would someone normally start aside from Google? Yeah, I would definitely not Google. <laughs> that would be like probably not what not to do. Um, yeah, so I do have um, financial advisor referrals. I, you know, between working in the mortgage industry for many years and then being a financial advisor myself, um, I've got some names um, for you. And it's, um, they're, you know, they're all wonderful. There's going to be some personalities that I might feel would be, you know, fitting for more fitting. Yeah. Um, but my recommendation would be first and foremost to reach out to somebody that you know who uses their advisor or aid advisor um, and then find out if they like them and how they feel about them and get that referral. If you have yeah. a warm lead, you have a, you know, a, a warm relationship with somebody, then that's a great place to start. I, I would not do a cold online search um, and then interview them. So um, almost everyone that I have spoken to and know, they do a complimentary discovery meeting where they connect with you for an hour or so, um, either virtually or by, you know, face-to-face -face, and um, you get to know them. Yeah. You go to the office, you get to, you know, have a conversation with them. You have a feeling this works, it doesn't work for whatever reason. Um, and then you can decide from there. And my recommendation too would probably be to speak to more than one, just to kind of compare, um, you know, personalities, offerings, services, fees, you know, just all of what they're doing for you. Um, there is a common element. There's a common foundation to, to most advisors. Um, but, you know, there are some that are more focused on business owners or they're more focused on, on women or they're more focused on, um, you know, like a C CDFA, they, that's a certified divorce financial analyst. They're, they are um, focused on the divorce um, uh, individual. They are typically also a planner as well as just a CDFA. They also are typically an advisor, um, right. but they have that special designation where they can help you with the process of understanding um, you know, the calculations and, and, and help you understand if what you're getting is, is fair and reasonable. And they'll typically work with your attorney and have those conversations. Um, so that's a, a definitely um, somebody that I would say to look for if you're specifically looking for a, um, you know, some help with the divorce. So ask for referrals for people that are happy with their financial planner, interview one or more folks. What are some questions people should ask when they're interviewing a financial planner? So I think um, the focus should be on your individual needs. So um, I'll start with saying that some of the best advisors do a lot less speaking and a lot more listening. Um, it's really about learning about your situation. So um, go in with a list of questions and see how they respond. Um, but it would be you know, uh, tell me what you do for me. How are you different from any other advisor? What services do you offer? Um, how do you, you know, what are your models like in terms of portfolio investing? What is your investment philosophy? Um, if you're a business owner, ask if you do business, you know, if you, if you specialize in, in business owners. Um, if you aren't a business owner, then that may not be a concern of yours. Um, if you are a woman and you prefer a woman, maybe that's great. I know a lot of men are wonderful with women. So it just, again, depends on your own personal needs and wants. Um, mm. 
once you understand what they're doing for you, um, ask about, you know, do you actually create a financial plan? How often do we meet? Um, is it an annual meeting? Is it a quarterly meeting? Um, can I call you anytime I want to if I have a concern or question? Or do I need to wait for a meeting to happen? Almost always they'll say, oh, no, absolutely call me if you have any questions. Yeah. Um, but if they, you know, have some concerns with that, then that might be, you know, something to, to go dig a little bit deeper and find out what that looks like. Um, you know, fees are going to be important, but that's probably the, the, I mean, it's not the least important, but it's like if this individual advisor is going to show you how they are going to help you, um, you know, and they can't guarantee you growth. They can't, they can't guarantee your percentage. I mean, that's just, that's a big no, no. Um, but if they are going to, um, uh, you know, be mindful of rebalancing your portfolio on a annual basis or semi-annual basis, and you can say, how often do you, you know, rebalance my portfolio? Um, do you watch my, uh, Roth contributions? Will you remind me that I have to contribute to a Roth? Will you help me understand if I should do a Roth contribution? I mean, a Roth conversion, um, or, or not, because I want to move my money out of a regular IRA to a Roth. Can I have you help me? Can I count on you to help me navigate that conversation? Um, do you, do you actively do tax loss harvesting or do I have to reach out to you? Do you, are you proactive in that, in that conversation? Um, I would ask, uh, let's see what else. I mean, there's so many things that you just have that comment and, you know, as you navigate those questions, more questions will come up and you'll go down, different rabbit, you know, yeah, the rabbit holes. Um, but again, try to, um, find somebody that does a lot more listening than talking and a lot less selling of their services and like, Oh yeah, we do this, 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 and this. It's like, no, let me, let me hear about what you have and what your needs are. And then I can show you how we fit into those, to those needs. Um, it is important to understand what the fees are, you know, yeah. for sure. They're, they're, they're generally industry standard from what the, you know, the, those that I've spoken to, they're kind of all very similar. They're not going to vary much differently. Um, I would, you know, suggest a, a fee-based kind of firm um, advisor that is charging you based on your AUM, which is your assets under management. So based on your portfolio size, they're going to charge you a particular fee uh, annually. Um, some are just fee-based where they just charge you a flat fee for the year and they may or may not manage those assets. You know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a few different ones that are out there. For the most part, most of them charge you, you know, a percentage based on AUM. And they will include a financial plan, you know, with that. Um, and then just, you know, find out what, what do I get for that fee? What, what is it, you know, what other services can I, can I expect from, from you? Um, and do you do education with, you know, can you, will you help me understand how my money is invested? Is it, is it, you know, how do you allocate my assets and, and why are you allocating them those ways? Um, and just, you know, be totally comfortable and fine with asking all the questions, whether you think they're, you know, silly or not silly, um, be okay with asking questions. I mean, just, it's your money and you have the right to know exactly how that money is, is being put in, in the market. You talked about ask if they'll develop a financial plan. Is that different than, than them having that fee-based management or, the, or the, is that similar? Well, a financial plan is a, it's kind of a separate thing. It's typically under the umbrella of working with an advisor, but a financial plan, um, like there are some advisors that I run into that just do financial plans. They'll, they'll, they'll take all your information. Um, they'll understand all of what's coming in, all of what's going out, look at what you have in asset size. 
do some projections with, you know, Social Security and Medicare and, you know, all these variations. And then they will put this in this financial planning software and um, it will kind of spit out, if you will, for lack of better words, a, a number that's kind of the health of your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them use what's called a Monte Carlo, which is a very common uh, software that analyzes based on a thousand probabilities of the market because we don't know what the market's going to do. A thousand probabilities of what's going to p- potentially happen and based on those thousand different possibilities in the market, your plan is healthy or unhealthy or you know it'll rate it up to 99%. Um, I don't think there was 100% um, healthy. Um, but I've seen 99%. I've seen quite a bit of 99%. And I've also seen 40%. You know, mm-hmm. So it'll tell you how healthy your plan is um, and that's, you know, sort of separate from managing those assets. Okay. Again, there are some planners who will just do that plan for you. Most advisors that I know of will do both. If, you know, they're managing your assets, they're going to put a plan together and they're going to say, yeah, because this plan is healthy or not healthy, we need to do this, this, and this. It'll help you sort of strategize moving forward um, what you should do. What's the next step? And they'll help you navigate those next steps. So I think... Um... Because I've told you off camera, we we're looking at an, uh, interviewing a wealth manager, financial planner, or whatnot. And you look at the fees and you say, well, what is that really going to pay for? Are they just going to pick a couple of you know, mutual funds and we're going to pay a 1% or whatever the fee is based on that? But if it also includes financial plan management, I think that there's some value there mm-hmm. with that. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The financial plan is, is definitely, I mean, you, you want to know where you stand. You want to know if you're if you're healthy and if you're going to be okay. And um, you know, when I was at my my uh, prior firm, there were times where they were plan was so healthy, and we would tell the client, you know, it's okay, go on vacation, go go enjoy some time, <laughs> and and because they were you know concerned that they were going to run out. Um, so yeah, you want to know where you are. You want to know where you're you know where where you are in in, in life. Um, there's also you know if this if this planner is going to be doing very proactive tax strategy planning, that's a huge income or not income, but it's a huge tax savings. That's a, that's a, that's a huge asset, I guess I should say. Um, if, if they're going to be able to do some tax planning strategies that are going to save you $10,000 a year, I'm just going to throw a number out for, you know, conversation's sake. Um, you know, that's obviously worth $10,000 a year, right? So um, yeah, the, the, the plan is that that fee is all encompassed. That's why it's important to understand. It's like, what are you doing for me in terms of financial strategies or yeah. uh, tax strategies? What, what do you actually in, in generally look at? How often do you look at this and do analyzing? Um, do you have an in-house portfolio manager that does all this analysis? Can I speak to that person if I want to one day, if the market completely annihilates and we're down, you know, a thousand points and I'm panicking, can I have that conversation with that person if I want to? Um, so all of that is is going to be very you know critical. And if you're you know comfortable knowing the market does those kind of big gyrations and you're just going to let that money stay, um, it's just nice to know that that person's there for you if you want it. You know, if if you if you don't, then that's okay too. Um, you just want to know that that they are watching out for you in every capacity, from from taxes to the retirement planning to the financial planning, and also of course the you know managing those assets. Yeah, what. Are people, is it still, um, what do you call it when you send the money to the financial advisor or the company or the, what, what is that scenario versus say it's in like a fidelity and you, and they're managing your money. Is it just still within your own private account or is that money moved into something under their management? If, um, 
You mean like if they hired you as a financial advisor, if, if you hire an advisor? Exactly. So if they hire an advisor, your money is going to go to whatever custodian that they have. So if their custodian is Fidelity, then it's at Fidelity. But if your oh, money is at Fidelity and their and their custodian is ABC company, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna name anybody, then the then you move it out of Fidelity and you put it into ABC company. That's the custodian. So that's that's the place that actually houses your money. The firm that you hire to manage your money doesn't house the money. They don't they don't they don't uh, house the money under their you know name per se. It's the custodian. Um, so um, you might have to change it. You know, if your funds were with Fidelity and it happens to be that the custodian is at Fidelity as well, that makes life a little easier. Um, but it's still, you, you got to move that money out of wherever you have it. So there are protections when you have someone managing your money in that way with the custodian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Fidelity, Vanguard or Schwab, you know, they're all pretty protected too. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's good, but you've got somebody watching out for it. And I, I think that, um, you know, one of the biggest things that we find is it's hard to, you know, implement. We have the best intentions of, um, you know, whether it's rebalancing the portfolio or doing a Roth contribution or IRA contribution or, doing some tax loss harvesting when we can, if the market goes down and what that really looks like and making sure you do it right. Cause if you do it wrong, it can cost you. Um, all those things are, um, you know, it's hard to put a dollar amount. I mean, sometimes you can put a dollar amount based on whatever you're doing, but the, the, the big thing is like, are you going to implement all that? You might know all about all this, but are you going to be proactively implementing all this? And that's where an advisor comes in. Um, if you are, absolutely on, you know, board with doing it yourself and you know how to do it and you're completely comfortable, that's, that's fine. Um, but if you don't feel comfortable managing all that, um, an advisor can be, you know, a great asset for you. Yeah. I think that's something that's super powerful to say that you don't consider, you know, you look at the fees and you say, well, for 1% for argument's sake, I can do X, Y, and Z, but will you really go out and do it? It's like mm -hmm. having like a like a health coach or a business coach. Are you gonna are you gonna go work out? Are you sure you can do it on your own? But will you get the results or will you even go and do it? Right. 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 It's it's uh, you know the the financial advisor is the one that's accountable to you for for all that, and that's why you're hiring them. And you know in your meeting, whether it's twice a year, once a year, whatever the, the cadence is, um, they will go through all that with you. You know, we're going to do this now. We, we've already did this for you. We've already done these conversions. We, you know, whatever that conversation looks like. Um, so you are fully aware of all of what's happening with your money, but they're doing all the legwork. They're doing all the back research. They're doing all the um, heavy lifting for you. And you just, you know, can sit back and just know that it's being, and that's why it's so important to make sure that you hire someone that you completely trust, that you know is watching out for your best interest um that you've got that really good relationship with um and that's why having that referral is is a great way to you know start that relationship you don't want to you know i know i said this earlier but you don't want to find somebody cold and just have a conversation is is um the, the, the job of a financial planner is it kind of like a cpa where there's a lot of upfront effort and work on the part of the financial planner to, for the setup the financial plan and all that that goes into that. And then it kind of maybe 80% upfront work. And then after that, 20% is kind of the, the management and, and, you know, changing accounts or, you know, that sort of thing. 
I wouldn't say 80-20. It's definitely some heavy lifting on the front end because you're getting all your paperwork and you're getting all the documentation, trains, you know, the movie, the money moved over. You're getting everything kind of onboarded, which is very, you know, time consuming. Um, you've done the, you know, typically by the time they've onboarded, you've had one or, you know, probably three meetings because you've gone to the discovery meeting. You've had another meeting to kind of clarify what the next steps are going to be, how you're going to invest and what the plan is. And then another meeting to sort of wrap it up and kind of tie it up in a bow. Um, and so, yes, there is some heavy lifting, but even after all that, maintaining everything is, is heavy lifting. You know, you are watching these, these advisors are watching, um, you know, the markets, they're looking for opportunities to, you know, take advantage of, of harvesting, take advantage of Roth conversions. Again, I keep using those examples because those are some of the more common ones. Um, but they're, they're looking at ways to, you know, better serve you um, and rebalance when needed. So there is definitely this ongoing, you know, work, um, but it's not 80-20. It's not that heavy up front and that light on the back end because gotcha. there's a lot of back end work <clears throat> for sure. So um, the rebalancing, in your opinion, how often should that happen? It depends on what's happening in the market. Um, I think typically we've, we've, we've seen it, you know, once or twice a year. You don't want to rebalance too often. But if the market's been super volatile and your, you know, your account's out of whack, um, then you've got to, you know, be aware of that. But you don't want to be doing a lot of rebalancing all the time. Um, I think for the most part, it's probably once or twice a year. Again, it kind of depends on what's happening in the market. If it's been a you know incredibly volatile year, you're going to have you know potentially more rebalancing going on, and that's something that again the advisor that's where they off you know earn their keep as well because that's you've got to know what you want to sell out of that and what you want to buy out of that product and and you know which which uh, models to pull from or where to where to sell and, and buy um, because that could be an expensive mistake if you don't know what you're doing with that. When you said investment philosophy earlier, what, what I, I understand kind of what that means, but are there, what are the, are there like three different philosophies or is there many? Uh, no, no, it's not, it's not like a certain number of philosophies, but just, you know, their overall, um, thought on, you know, their, and, and typically advisors all have a very similar philosophy. I can't say that I've, you know, for those that I've spoken to have much different, um, but as far as their, um, their thought on, you know, when to do things in the market, uh, their philosophy on the, you know, the, the market in general, um, where we are with inflation or recession and, you know, different events are happening in, in, in the world. Um, if they're, if they're more, let's just, you know, sit back and, and not sit back, but like, let's not be, um, quick to respond. Let's just, let, let's just see how things settle out. It's just a, it's just a, um, it's, it's how, how they basically, um, function as a, for lack of better words, as, uh, you know, in, in managing that money. So again, those that I've spoken to, there's all, there's very similar, there, there's not like a, a vast difference and there's not a, like you know, two or three philosophies. It's just, what's your what thought they, on, on, on their, yeah, what's, what, mm. what's their thought when, when the market's going to, you know, crazy volatile, what, what do you suggest that we do? And more times than not, they're going to say, we're going to sit back and we're going to wait because this always happens. Now this applies to 
you know, 401ks as well as, I, I don't know why I can't think of the name. What, what is it, an account that you're just, you're just investing in, but it's not in a, in a pre-tax vehicle? Well, there's a, just a IRA, a Roth, a 401k, a 457. I'm not sure. That's the retirement. Yeah, uh, no, like non-retirement. Oh, like a, like a regular uh, brokerage account? That's what I was trying to think of, yeah. Okay. Nothing different with that. I guess they they would manage a brokerage account the same as a 401k. Well, the 401k is considered retirement, so it's going to be longer yeah. term money. And so, the, yes, that will be different um, in terms of how you're allocating your assets because – depending upon how old you are, if you're 25 years old, you know, your 401k should most likely be all in the equity market, right? If you're 75 years old, your 401k will probably be not all in the equity market. Um, the brokerage account might be your, um, oh, I'm going to buy a house in the next five years money. It might be, oh, I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to need 50 grand, you know, whatever it is. Um, so that's more money. That's, that's your taxable money. And that's, you're, you're generally your shorter term money. So those will be, generally speaking, allocated differently. And that's going to be a very personal conversation and very personal, you know, based on their cash flow, their cash needs, what their plans are in the next five to seven years. Um, and then they can, you know, determine how that money is going to be invested. Perfect. What other advice do you have for financial planners? We talked about quite a bit. I have a whole sheet of paper here. Yeah, I you know what again I would just say talk to somebody that you that you know and trust uh, and like and and then whoever their advisor is that you know like and trust. Um, many advisors, uh, even though they're not in your state per se, they can they can help you if you have a friend who lives in Texas and they love their advisor. You know they might be able to advise you if you're in California. Um, so uh, or re, you know call me. I'm happy to refer you. I've got some wonderful advisors that I that I can refer you to. Um, and usually I'll, I'll give you like, you know, two names. So you have a couple to sort of interview and, and just resonate with the personality, make sure you connect and you, and you have that sense of, uh, you know, you just have that intuitive, good feeling that this is something that you, that you like, um, and take your time. Don't feel rushed and feel pressured. If you feel pressured or, you know, there's a time frame you've got to make a decision that's not, you know, that should not be the case. You just make it when you're ready. Um, so, and, and trust, tr trust your gut. I think intuitively we, we, we know when something sounds right or, or not. Patty Handy, as always, pleasure talking to you. I learn so much every time. Thanks, Tim. Always a pleasure. All righty. Well, tune in next, uh, what, Tuesday at 2 p.m. We'll be back. I don't know what we're talking about, but there'll be something. I, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know. What is today? I Wednesday? think it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Next Wednesday, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Maybe Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think we'll it's get time. straight. <laughs> okay. All right, Patty. We'll talk to you next time. All right. See you soon, All right. Tim. All right.